0: And happy Wednesday to you, Lima land. Welcome inside the Basement Doctor Studio. This is Cookie and the Monster. I'm John Cook. My partner's Garrett Seawright. Together, we're Cookie and the Monster. Whether you're listening to us on the radio at 931thefan.com or on the free 931 Fan app, we appreciate you making time for us. This is the kind of Wednesday I like, Garrett. I like Wednesdays like this. Do you want to take a guess why?
1: Because it's 53 degrees on the square in downtown Lima. It's
0: 53 degrees on the square in downtown Lima stuff is starting to melt and go away. I understand that by tomorrow night it's going to be probably nearing single digits again and I'm going to be a miserable human. But when you get 55 degrees it was on my drive over and you get this a little bit of blue you know coming through the the typically gray ceiling that we live under and then you've got a, a, a Wednesday that that you know comes on the heels of a Tuesday night that had some really really interesting action. High school hoops, college hoops and then for part of today apparently there's just been things happening while i was at my real job that i didn't realize like voyeurism is an actual thing and right. G- i just gene thought that smith was a category might actually, actually be an idiot <laughs>
1: well uh, we, we'll get to gene smith because i'm gonna have a hand hover in the bleep button when we talk about gene smith at 425 i'll be good i promise because what in the world is that
0: i and we'll tell you what If that people is. don't know. You want to stick with us through at least 4:25 when that segment starts, so we can get you all caught up. we
1: I've heard people say a lot of dumb stuff before, John.
0: I've said a lot of dumb stuff. We've before.
1: we've all we've all went back and went, oh, well, that was that was wrong. This is an all timer, an all timer.
0: No arguments here. We'll, we'll chat about that. We're also going to have our weekly visit with Bob McGilliot. We call that the Blue Jackets Blast here on. <laughs> cookie and the monster. It's easier for some to say than others. I was going to
1: say, sometimes we call it the Jew Black, it's Blaster.
0: Or... <laughs> yeah, sometimes I stumble over it. We don't really know what we... But I never say Bob's name wrong. He's, he's oh, Bob no, McGilligan. we got Bobby Mack so on lockdown. So we Bobby Mack in. He's going to be here. Uh, Football 515, our regular segment. We are also going to visit with Kurt Miller, head basketball coach at Marion Local High School. Got a nice win last night. We'll talk about that momentarily because the high school scoreboard last night, I mean, it was a full slate of games. They were all over the place. There were games that were predictable, some unpredictable. Turned out that a few more were unpredictable than I thought. Uh, But it was a busy night of high school hoops. We start in the Midwest Athletic Conference Fort Recovery, a 42-37 win over Minster. Parkway knocked off Coldwater 55-46. St. Henry Cruz past New Knoxville 42-22. This reminds me of my days doing the scoreboard show on Friday nights when you had to find different ways to deliver the to winner write, and the to loser. just say, yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was, I can remember Vince saying, you just can't say so-and-so over so-and-so every single time you talk about a score. I said, yeah, Vince, I, I got Right,
1: it. but at some point, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a stickler on like, like, Lipsick last night didn't take down Fort Jennings.
0: No, they edged Fort right, Jennings. Right, right. So you get practice at it. When you do a scoreboard show for about three years, you get yeah. all kinds of practice. Yeah. Or sometimes it's cool to give the losing team first, you know, no match four, just couldn't quite keep up with, that kind of thing. Right. Speaking of which, North Baltimore just couldn't quite keep up with McComb last night, a 51-49 <laughs> win for McComb and Blanchard Valley Conference. action. the Northwest Central Conference, Temple Christian, they took down Ridgedale. That that they did. They they knocked off Ridgedale. 55-26. They dismantled Ridgedale from the looks of it. Our broadcast game of the week, Fan Game Week, right here on the fan was Garrett and I at Lipsick High School. First time I'd been there in years. Cozy little broadcast spot right there at courtside. (laughs) That's another... I don't don't know if that lady that was sharing my elbow space paid extra for the seat that she had, but she had a pretty good seat, too. It's just generally...
1: uh, And I'm not speaking ill of anybody (laughs) on purpose... It just, um, when they set up the like scores table there and there's a like a broadcast to the left, it generally isn't implied that that becomes a luxury suite court size. <laughs> this table isn't for you <laughs> to put your popcorn yeah, and your MMs it's just, on. It's just generally that's, uh, <laughs> that's the way this operates. Is, isn't like, oh man, they set up a luxury box and it is first come, first serve? Well, no, actually, I'm I'm gonna need to sit right there. I'm sorry. And then it was Little little Cheerleaders Night, and that was not popular where I was trying to set up equipment during Little Cheerleaders Night. So eventually I'm like, I'm just going to get out of this gym for a second. But we got it all figured out, and uh, it was a fun little atmosphere, though. Uh, Lipsick student section was hyped up last night. I
0: hyped up. The building was damn near packed. It was really exciting, and I'll tell you what. Fort Jennings engaged Lipsick in what could only be described as a fist fight for a lot of that contest last night. And behind Mason Brandt's 23 points and 8 rebounds, Lipsick got the 52-47 to 47 win to lock up their first... Putnam County League Championship since what did we say 2013? 2013. 13. Yep. Outstanding accomplishment for look They did not necessarily play their best game. I think Fort Jennings had an awful lot to do with that, but they did get the win, 52 to 47. Liberty Center knocked off Brian 55 to 30 last night, and there there were games all over the place. I I, I can't possibly get to all of them. Shawnee over Collida 65 to 54, a double digit win there. Uh, the game of the night, though, as it turned out, was over in McGuffey Allen East traveled over to take on Upper Side of Valley. Having knocked off Upper Side of Valley at the end of the regular season last year, coming in losers of three in a row, Allen East? Yeah. I think three in a row. And some some possible thought that they may have turned a really pretty solid season into something where they they were facing a potential of five, six losses in a row to end the year when you looked at the the matchups in front of them. They go into McGuffey last night and need three, he said three, overtimes to get a 66-64 win over Upper Side of Valley. On,
1: On the flip side of that, they needed three, I said three, overtimes to get to 66 points.
0: Yes, in fact, I believe going into the fourth quarter, the score was 37-34. I believe Upper Side of Valley had a three-point lead going to the fourth quarter. I know that in one of the first two overtimes, Upper went up five early in the overtime and couldn't make it stand up. Guys fouling out all over the place comes yeah. down to a really, really tough shot uh, by Carson Klum. Uh, to get the win for the Mustangs. A really big win for them just to, to kind of springboard them into the – the rest of their schedule is absolutely brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal as they head into the – Oh, the close how hard can it could be?
1: It's just Columbus Grove and Perry. And then, on Friday and, and Saturday, back-to-back, and, back, and, and, and then LCC and then LCC the to start
0: the sectional. So I had a chat with a friend of mine today and said, you know, that Allen East-Columbus Grove game is one of those games where in both instances it's really all about which team shows up. So there is not a, score, true. There's not a score that you could tell me is the final score of Grove Allen East that would surprise me. There Anywhere on the spectrum is perfectly believable because they can both be really, really good. They have high ceilings, and they have both demonstrated that at times uh, they, they don't really need to worry about their ceiling because they struggle. But they didn't last night. Allen East got the 66-64 win over Upper Side of Alley, A big win there. And Archibald huge over Holgate. 57-32. to Lima Senior Spartans hosted Springfield. Got an 80-57 to win last night. The aforementioned Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds fell to Liberty Benton last night. 60-54 to up at Liberty Benton. So uh, quite a night of high school hoops. I want to talk a little bit about the game we saw. I, I think the Fort Jennings Club coming in with six wins. Senior I- night at, at Lipsick, there may have been a feeling that this is one of those nights where you know they could just absolutely rip the top off this thing and really yep. hammer Fort Jennings. It turned out that I think Lipsick's kids were a little too amped up for senior night maybe. A little bit. And Fort Jennings's kids were more than happy to make that thing a fist fight. And it was. It, it almost exactly was right in front of you and me there for a, well, a brief right, second. <laughs> a couple
1: kids on the floor that I thought, I've never called a fight mid-game before, as I le- looked out over my luxury suite that people were using. Um, I just looked out on the floor and thought, Huh. Well, that's not going to go well. Better start <laughs> well,
0: it was one clearing thing when, the brain. When, when two guys dived for the ball, that was okay. I've seen that. But we 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 kind of talked about it. There's a certain like twitching to the body when two guys are, are going after a ball that it's not about the ball anymore. Right. <laughs> and we were approaching pretty quickly the, the, the body language and the movement pattern that said, these guys aren't really trying to tie up a basketball no. and, anymore. And when
1: that twitching starts... <laughs> I, it, it, in my brain, it took much longer for the other players and referees to get there than it actually did, but you're just staring at that going, oh, so that guy on top's about to throw that uh, right fist there, isn't he?
0: <laughs> and it's
1: going to happen right in front of me.
0: Credit the officials. They jumped in pretty good. So I'm, I I'm sitting there staring
1: job. at this going, all right, the words are ha brouhaha, kerfuffle. <laughs> Because, Dust
0: up? Right, because it was headed
1: that direction, and then quickly it got... But the
0: way that lipstick student section was cranked up and how close they were to it, we might have had an outright melee on our hands. I'm you just know telling what?
1: You. I, you. You should probably never say live on the radio that like the mouse in the palace would be somewhat fun to announce on the radio. <laughs> but the mouse in the palace would be somewhat fun to announce on the radio. As long as you're in a
0: safe spot. Like if you broadcast from where oh, Joe right, takes right. to broadcast from, right. that'd be a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to catch Ron Artest, Metal World, Peace, whatever his name is now, Elbow, or anything like that. But it just—I think it would be—I would enjoy the challenge of describing everything that's going on.
0: Antwerp got a 74-31 win over Hilltop. Ridgemont knocked off Corey Ross in 64-46. We mentioned Marion Local with a nice 36-30 win over a Wapakoneta squad on the road, and a Wapakoneta team yeah. came in winning 10 straight and playing really well. Marion Local wins 36-30 in that one Bluffton all over Van Buren 86-58 to the final there and Van Wert knocked off Crestview at Crestview last night 47-39 the final Cougars are dangerous Cougars, Cougars are dangerous They absolutely are in more ways than one let me just tell you <laughs> Kids that's advice for you yeah. out there, you youngsters You're going to learn someday You, you, you might just, just remember, just they are dangerous. Coos are dangerous, that's... but seriously, Van Wert has really put together a nice run here at the end of the season. I think, has, I think it's been under the radar, honestly. I think that yeah. you reach a certain point around the midway point of the season where we just kind of pigeonhole certain teams as, well, they might be interesting, but they might not be. So I'm really not paying that close of attention. Yeah. And Van Wert has really kind of taken things uh, in a different direction. I think, I think they got to feel really good. That's, a, that's I mean, you go to Crestview and win. I okay. care. I don't care what the deal is. That's a hell of a win you go on that floor well, and get a win. Well, they
1: they they've won 6 in a row over. They went to Delta St. John's and got a win. They went they they played St. Henry at home, got a win. St. Mary's at home, got a win. Elite in Kenton next. Uh at Crestview. He won 6 in a row. You're 15 and 6. The problem for them is it it can a lot of it came after the tournament draw where they pull a little probably a lower seed than they wanted, but Van Wert is a team that absolutely 100 percent could win that ONU district in D two. Wouldn't be shocked one bit. If yeah, there's they,
0: there's no no question. They have the, the talent and they're playing well enough to do that. But you know, there there are a lot of teams that I think are, are in that category yeah, for us around I'm, here.
1: St. We, Mary's is in that we, we'll, category. Wapak kind of, is in that category. Shawnee's in that category.
0: They oh. may have gotten pigeonholed, but they 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 are dangerous, and that's what makes. I mean, I don't know I, how much more excited can you get. About the tournament than I am. I don't, I don't think very much. We got to take a Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I did want to throw in there that the Ohio State Buckeyes, we talked about them last night, need to do an as expected. Ooh. They didn't really do an as expected uh. in the first 20 minutes, but in the second 20 minutes, it was quite impressive a 70 45 win over the Minnesota Golden Gophers with 47 big points in the second half for the Buckeyes. Time for our first Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll get to our Twitter poll questions and hope that you'll join us for that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio 93 1 The Fan. Welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studio cookie and the monster presented by lewis family mcdonald's you can apply at work at mcd.com or you can work today and get paid tomorrow that's lewis family mcdonald's and we didn't talk off the top before we get to poll questions here we didn't talk off the top about the fact that tubby smith has announced he's stepping down at high point university that may not be news to lima land it's news to me and it was funny because as we're going back on the air i get a text message from a guy that happens to be a pretty good friend of mine i don't see very often and had on the podcast who is an assistant on the staff and i said hey are you all good man and He says, "Yeah, through at least twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, rough business."
1: <laughs> <Well>.
0: <laughs> Gotta love the honesty. Got a little lead time. Love the honesty. Little lead time. Uh, if you get a chance, I don't. I've not promoted the, my podcast at all. But talking, who's the coach, John Cook? Go, go find it if you can, and look up the episode with Eric Gabriel of High Point University. He tells the story of being on the High Point staff when. Scott Cherry was fired, and Tubby Smith was hired, and what he had to go through to determine if he was going to get to keep a job on Tubby's staff, and it's a great story, and he's a great guy, uh, Athens, Ohio native, and and uh, got a great backstory, but it's uh, just kind of close to my heart because Tubby stepping down means that they've got his replacement named, but it's going to finish this year and be all of next year, and then my guess is it's going to be, how you doing here? <laughs> Get, getting some wins because they are having a, a rough little run here this season, especially last year. They had moments, but they are having a rough run this year. And Tubby's had some other battles that aren't really basketball related, like most of the world has when it comes to the, the time and era that we live in. So let's get to those Twitter poll questions.
1: Yeah, we got two questions up today at 931 the fan on Twitter. The first question is what we're going to talk about in the next segment, and I will try to reserve my thoughts. Um, Today, in a media availability, Gene Smith said that if, that he expects fully expects the college football playoff to expand to twelve teams, and he expects once those twelve team once that expansion to twelve teams is set that there will be home playoff games. And he said that if Ohio State was to get a home playoff game. It would be his preference that they would move it to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So the poll question is if Ohio State had a home college football playoff game, should it be moved to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? And eighty-two percent say no.
0: I would certainly think so. Now those same eighty two percent would go over and tear a hole in Indianapolis for for, yeah, a, for a home game I over think so. there. They absolutely would, and leave a footprint that would be recognizable for some time. But why would you play a game in Indianapolis when you have the horseshoe and you have the crazies? I understand it's a playoff we'll, we'll, game and it's cold we'll weather and all. I get it. more about that. Come on oh, up. Oh my goodness. Okay. Moving on. Should also, we breathe.
1: Well, uh, We're asking, should the city of Cincinnati hold a parade for the Bengals? And, and parade is a strong word. The, the There is a rally this afternoon for the Bengals. I don't know that I would even go as far to say there should be a rally. But should the city of Cincinnati hold a parade for the Bengals. 77 percent say no thank you you (laughs) meet them
0: at the airport (laughs) and you wave and scream congratulations appreciate you then you get back in your car and you go home you do not send a message that we have been so incredibly bad that we're going to treat this like a pseudo championship right you just don't do that i'm sorry you can have reunions years after and celebrate what you did and then they can make documentaries about it but, but you got to act like a championship is still the goal.
1: Right. It, it is a bottom-line business, and at the end of the day, did your results match up with parade level? No. And I think you're 100% right. Nothing says Mickey Mouse organization. Nothing says Mickey Mouse minor league city quite like Yay! You guys almost did it! Get the fire trucks out! They almost did it! Yay! There, there is not a bigger indictment on your franchise, on your city, on your fans than. Everybody come out to the street and wave to Joe Burrow. That's a guy who almost won a Super Bowl! And, no.
0: and, and please understand that when we say this, at least for me personally, I am talking about professional sports. Right. If you have a high school basketball team that hasn't won a sectional in 12 years and they win one and you want the fire trucks to get them at the edge of town, then get after it. I was on one of those little deals one time. (laughs) It's kind of fun. But for professional athletes that make the money they make, and we all know what the only prize is that really matters, I mean, does anyone actually put banners up for AFC championships or NFC championships, we recognize it. Yeah, there's, there's t-shirts made, there's hats, all that good stuff. Yeah, the Colts do. But you it's win a Super Bowl, embar- man. It's embarrassing. You win a Super Bowl where you don't. I mean, that's, that's pro football. I, at, I don't, at the
1: same time, I mean, on, on the, the high school thing, when I was in high school uh, as a senior, um, we beat Delphi St. John's. And when we got back, when, when they got back to town, the fire trucks met the school buses at the edge of Rockford. We were three and zero, oh. <laughs> and the school and the fire trucks were meeting the school like, and the whole time how many fire trucks? Like two.
0: So were you already like were you like, from? It was were you from Corporation Limit? to Corporation Limit just knows the nose, to nose, <laughs> almost, nose to oh, not with the tail with those two Not trucks. quite. <laughs> Says the but, guy that grew up in Alger.
1: But it's just like, are you kidding? Like, okay, hold on, Can we 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 pump the brakes on that. <laughs> like St. John's went two and eight that year, and the fire trucks meeting at the edge of town like and I understand being proud. Fire trucks meet you at the edge of the town because you're three and zero, and you beat a two and eight Alpha St. John squad bit much. In, in
0: 1997 when I was the basketball coach at Ada High School, we had a pretty decent year. We ended up winning a sectional in McGuffey, so we had a really short drive back home, but we, we knocked off a 19-1 and team in the sectional finals and won our first sectional title in I don't know what it was. It was either 8 or 9 or 11 years. Yep. I can't remember which of the three. But regardless, we won the sectional and the fire trucks are greeting us and people are on the sides of the street going crazy and I'm sitting down in my seat watching our guys hang out the windows and I looked at my assistant coach and I said because we knew who our district semifinal opponent i said do you know how long st henry's been in bed oh
1: <laughs> i i can i can almost relate um as a senior in high school parkway won a sectional final in basketball for the first time in probably 10 15 years and we went to cut down the, the, i was on a team basketball team went to cut down the nets and i think it was st henry or it was might have been fort recovery's coach looked at everybody like what the hell! It's a sectional. <laughs> you guys are cutting like he thought. We're, we're going to get on the floor and start warming up, and they're like, well, "We need a ladder." Like, what the hell? You need a ladder for? Like, we're going to cut down that net. You want a sectional?
0: We cut the nets down. You <laughs> right, better
1: believe it. Right, right but it, we beat LCC and Marion <laughs> Local, and to win the sectional, right. like, we're, we're going to cut that net <laughs> kind down. Kind a big deal. Right? Like, Bob Segerson's going to lead that team to a state title in two years. <laughs> we're we're going to cut down that net.
0: I remember when we got to the district to play St. Henry that year. It was us and St. Henry and it was Marion Local and somebody else on the other side and you know it was supposed to be St. Henry and Marion Local in a district final so we if we were ever going to upset St. Henry it would have been that night they had like 17 people in the building nobody even came to watch <laughs> like they, they thought we'll, we'll be back in a couple of nights <laughs> right, when the right. real game we'll go, starts we'll go over there on Friday <laughs> yeah. and I was like well there, there was our chance and we went four for 24 from the three and they were really Dennis Wendell their, their athletic director was their starting post player and he just was just a monster and it didn't go extremely well for the dogs that night, but fun, fun, fun deal being a part of a, a fire truck parade. I, you yeah. know, I don't know how many people get that in their life. We get to at least say that was us once. But I remember thinking distinctly, Saint Henry's been in bed for an hour and a half, and we're, we're, we're driving fire trucks through town. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be more ready for Wednesday? Yeah, Probably well, they are. Well, That's kind of well. the way it goes. So they got until four forty five, right? Five forty five. Five, excuse me. Yeah, five forty five to vote on our Twitter poll questions. We're going to take a Don Jenkins dual time out, we come back. We're going to. Dive back into old Gene Smith and his thoughts on the college football playoff expansion, what it might mean for the Buckeyes in a home game. After this, dungeon Jewel jeweller timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back inside the basement Doctor studio. I might want to let that one breathe a little bit. That's pretty good. John Cook, Garrett C. cooking the Monster with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. You know what I've thought about very, very seldom since we started doing this show? In fact, I've thought about it twice now. The fact that people out there might actually refer to you and I as Cookie and the Monster, I've never really imagined what that would be like when someone does. And then you came back from one of your football games and said you pulled up to the gate and the guy's like, cookie "Are you the right? Monster? Are you Cookie or the Monster?" Yeah, you well, Which or... one do you think? <laughs> so last <laughs> night a guy comes over and says, "Are you guys Cookie and the Monster?" That that's every bit as awkward when they say it as you as I would imagine it would have been when I thought about it. Like we have names and we give them to people all oh. the time. Like I don't, we don't hide from our names. But the guy the guy last night was like you guys cooking a monster? I, I for a brief second like the 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 Alger Punk kid in me thought about saying no why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Now, uh I, there's been many a time where I've said a sentence out loud and someone has shouted, "Oh god, you're a monster." So I kind of I it fits. It fits. <laughs> it fits. It works.
0: Well, and we, we talk around, I mean, everybody around here called me Cookie for as long as I've been a part of this radio right. station. And My high school basketball coach, Frank Dowden, I kind of always called my brother and I Cookie. But Todd Hayne at Fort Jennings is, is one of the, like, three people on the planet that when he sees me, it's, hey, Cooker! And, so uh, I'm, I'm Cooker there, so <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's our, it used to be a cool restaurant right across from, right across from St. John Arena. So, so,
1: so last night during a Fort Jennings game, should we have been Cooker in the Monster?
0: <laughs> Could have been. I just found it. I mean, and we enjoyed the conversation. Auto Landor oh, fans, kind yeah. of nice, really nice guy, fun, but just not real. I was uncomfortable with like, yep, yep, we're cooking yeah. the monster. <laughs> I'm John. And this is Garrett, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: who we are. Generally, I just I'm trying to get out of there as quick as possible. <laughs> well,
0: just... we were both continuing to work and totaling up stats and wrapping up cords. And... Well,
1: no, there's a thing uh, that it's got to stop here in the office. That any time like a salesperson has a new client or somebody that's a prospective client that's going to be an advertiser with us, they walk them around the building, and if I hear them coming, I do the world's fastest waddle to the bathroom so I can lock that door and sit in there until I don't hear them anymore. Because the last thing I want to <laughs> do. <laughs> Like, I just am – I know that I'm awkward. Um, I'm fat, ugly. I got a lazy eye. I don't especially want to talk to you probably as much as you want to talk to me. Like, it blows my wife away. She's like, you sit on the radio and talk to thousands of people every day, but you won't go ask the guy at Shoe Show for – like, if they've got a 13 in the back. I'm like, that's exactly correct. You order all your food on apps? Yes, because I don't especially want to talk to anybody.
0: There, There is a thing. It's a weird dynamic. Within some age group, some, some- – age category where ordering food over the phone is just like a phobia i'm married to a person who will not do that well because you've
1: you i would guess you've probably never experienced ordering yourself chinese and there is multiple fortune cookies in the bag and you're like (laughs) no this is just for me this is there's not a family of four waiting at home or nothing it's just for me and so you get a little self-conscious when you order your Chinese, and there's three fortune cookies in there, and you're like, that's time you start like evaluating some life decisions.
0: That's a really good segue into... Gene Smith needs to evaluate some of his decisions. And I would guess that at some point during the day today, he's been contacted by more than a few people that would say, you want to rethink your statement that if we get a home playoff game, we're going to try to play it at Lucas Oil Stadium? See, it's just, the, and I understand his
1: logic to a point where Gene Smith says, our offense is built around precision and speed, and if we were to play in bad weather... That would be a hindrance. What do you think Alabama's offense is built around? What do you think LSU's offense is built around? Oklahoma, USC, Florida, Notre Dame. Do you think they're running the wishbone, Gene? What the hell? Why would you voluntarily level the playing field? Or at least say it this far out. Like, don't. Cause you know what? If Alabama gets a home playoff game, they're not going to go. Oh, looks like it's going to rain. Better get it to Atlanta. Better go to the dome in Georgia. Yeah. Not going to happen.
0: No, no. It's the no. I,
1: I. couldn't believe that he actually said that.
0: And I and I am I am fully willing to embrace because I said it last year when Ohio State didn't make the playoff and didn't deserve to make it. But had they gotten to the playoff and been able to play three games in a row indoors on carpet, I think it would have been spectacular right. to watch. Could have had a shot. Would have been really fun. Against anybody, it would have been really fun to watch. But we have heard for my entire lifetime that these SEC schools that are so dominant, and they are dominant, but they never play outside of warm weather, and they sure as crud don't play outside. I did well right there, Uh, because that was where I slipped up a while back. (laughs) They do not play outside of the south and the cozy confines of the weather anytime after September. No. So you get a chance, maybe you get a in a chance playoff game. To, to
1: play December nineteenth in Columbus,
0: and you may not want to play in the snow either. But they don't want to play in the snow, and they don't want to play in front of your people.
1: I, and they've never done it; they've never played in the snow.
0: Why would you not want that
1: advantage? And I, it, it, and the one thing that I can think of that would be why he would feel that way is because the Ohio State fans that Gene Smith converses with would probably want a game in Indianapolis indoors. Because they're not working-class people. They're not people who are going to paint their faces or wear jerseys or whatever. They are not, they are not real people. They live in their <laughs> gated communities, work in their jobs with their own secretaries, and they use the word summer as a verb. All right? Th- those are the people, the Ohio State fans, that Gene Smith converses with. So in his mind, he's like, well, I've, our fans would want this. Those people are not fans. Those are not like those are cyborg boosters, right? We call those people boosters, (laughs) and and they tailgate in a different lot if they tailgate at all. And you know what? Their food is brought in for them. They're not manning the Weber at five forty-five in the morning to make sure that their briskets ready for eleven o'clock, so they can get six Bush lattes in them and make the mile trek to the stadium in time. Okay, though we those are not the same amount of people. So those people, yes, are probably like we'll have our driver take our Escalade across 70 to Indianapolis so we can walk our tushes into Lucas Oil Stadium and enjoy ourselves in comfort.
0: got to do me a favor. Later today or tomorrow at the latest, that has got to be placed into an ad for this show. Like a, a spot where we did because we haven't had any teasers for a while. We haven't no, had anything no. else. That's got to go. I, I, I lay out. I let you – because <laughs> you were doing your stuff, I and it thinking, was working really well.
1: I was thinking more the – fortune cookies. (laughs) It was was more our style. Let's
0: go with both. That'll be just fine.
1: But it's true, though. Those are the people that Gene Smith talks to. Those are the... In his eyes, if he is to close his eyes and envision what an Ohio State fan is, he probably pictures a dude in khaki pants, button-down shirt, drives a Mercedes as a secretary, when the overwhelming majority of Ohio State fans drive a truck that might not have been manufactured in this century and work their tail off and their fingers to the bone day after day
0: and get a little bit too drunk on Friday nights. Can we get some level of agreement on this? From a football standpoint, it really won't make a difference for Ohio State where that game is played. Correct. If they play it in the shoe, the Buckeyes are going to love it. Even if the weather's not great. At home, with that crowd, the Buckeyes are going to love it. Indoors, on carpet, doing the thing they do, where they've been really comfortable, they're going to be spectacular. It's not going to make that big of a difference. I just... And maybe, maybe, you do it one time at home and you decide, you know, it's a better experience indoors, especially when it's a playoff game and you don't really want weather to be a factor. Maybe we look at that... But there's never been a 12-team playoff. There's never been home playoff games. I just don't think you should deprive your campus and your people of that experience. Maybe I'm nuts. Well, the the idea, if he
1: was to say, hey, you know what? The shoe's not exactly uh, a great winter venue, that we'd have to winterize this thing. And first off, my response would be, you don't think it gets... Awful nippy the last weekend in November. You mean to tell me that if Ohio State Michigan were supposed to be on Saturday and forecast that it's gonna be five degrees, they would go, Well, should we should we move this to Indian Indianapolis? Hell no they wouldn't.
0: They better not. They would never even consider it. No, and that's that's I guess that's my entire point. You're gonna have to win a big game in November in pretty cold weather, most likely. Why why should you just automatically take the possibility of playing one in January in your home stadium off because Buckeye fans are going to pack the building. Right, Doesn't matter where you play up. it. They're going to pack the building. But they, there's something different about doing it on your home field. I, I hope he changes his mind. I can't imagine all the things he's considering with that because it is more than just those upper crust fans that he's considering. There's obviously some financial gain that can be factored into this. I, I, I would feel like they've probably got some agreements with people in the city of Indianapolis. Like, we'll be here for the Big Ten title game. We'll be back if we host a playoff game. <laughs> we're not. Like, you know. We're gonna we're gonna be putting some money into your city. How about what, what are we getting back?
1: <laughs> I just uh, th- that sentence where he said it with such conviction as if you would be an idiot to think otherwise. I was I was blown away. Miami has to be convinced to not host home games during a damn hurricane. F- F- Florida has to like the governor has to say, listen, we don't need all those cops and paramedics at. at at the swamp during the hurricane you're going to have to postpone and gene smith's like well if it's going to be a little nippy we better take her to indianapolis
0: what what what's what's the chance that ward manual was having the same thought about playing at ford field but he listened to gene and then he's going to watch the response and say no i'm I'm, 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 I'm never in a million years on that
1: one (laughs) right never in a million years will we play anywhere other than the big house let me tell you because i don't know if that guy's got a brain in his head i don't know but what are you doing
0: I, I, I got a question, and, and and I hope we get to see it. I hope we get to see the expansion. I hope we get to see home playoff games. And I will be the first guy, if I'm still lucky enough to be doing this, standing behind this microphone, if they go do that in Indy, and it is a smashing success, and it's absolutely undeniably great, I'll be the first guy saying, okay, that's great. But I still would have liked to know. That's why I hope, at least the first time, at least the first time it's a possibility, play it at the shoe, Right. Find out what you think. And then if there's a reason to go elsewhere, go. But I, I saw so many people... Ohio, well, one of the reasons Ohio State lost to Michigan was
1: because of the snow.
0: The hell it was! Michigan pushed them around. Yeah. That was why they lost. Yeah. There was one reason they lost. There were several reasons that they made, didn't play their best game, but there was one reason they lost. They got beat up. Right.
1: Physically, and it wasn't because it was too nippy out.
0: Nope. They weren't as tough as Michigan, and Correct. that's really difficult that's to right. say out loud. disheartening. Very frustrating to say out loud. Gene, please don't take it to Lucas Oil Stadium, please. It just... Win your Big Ten title, come back home, play a playoff game, then go go win the whole thing wherever it is that they tell you to do that. That's that's kind of the, the roadmap I see, Gene, if you want my two cents and you're not going to ask for it. So there it is. Go find it. We got to take another Don James Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we're going to have a, our first sit down visit of the year with Perry High School yeah. head basketball coach Clay Tucker, the Perry alum back, doing quite well. 17 and 4, right? 17 and yes. 4. Yep, yep, yep. They got one more regular season game left Saturday afternoon against Dallin East. So here afternoon. on 93 1 Fans. We got a call. That's an afternoon game I am excited about, an afternoon high school basketball game. So we'll be chatting with Clay Tucker, find out what the state of the Commodores is as they prepare to try and peak, head into the tournament where everybody, everybody, is expecting a lengthy run yeah. for the Commodores. We'll see what Clay's got to say about that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back inside the basement, Dr. Studio, Cookie and the Monster with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan, 419-227-9393, 894 espn That's 888-894-3776, the numbers to join the show. Big night of high school hoops last night in our area. We are wrapping up the regular season really quickly. We've got games, I think something tonight, a handful of games tomorrow night. Friday night's big. Saturday, we'll wrap it up, and the tournament starts next week. We are... Uh, trying to get connected with Clay Tucker, the head basketball coach at Perry High School, so that we can bring Clay in to talk about his seventeen and four Commodores. Obviously, the year that has unfolded at Perry has been a little bit unexpected. There's been some bumps in the road, but they are seventeen and four. They are Northwest Central Conference champs and looking to make a run in the postseason. That's going to start uh, in the sectional next week. I can't. I just. I can't believe that we're here already. And I, I really would be curious to hear what what Clay's take is on on how the first season has unfolded. Has it gone quickly? Uh, you know, like we always hear, Garrett, that, that basketball is a a long, long season. Yeah. And compared to football, it certainly feels like it. But I'm telling you, when you when you coach it and live it, it is a grind every day. But man, I think it it feels like it goes fast because you're just busy all the time, and and when, when you're trying to build toward. I think peaking at the end of the season, there, everybody's got a, got a plan of how to get that done. But when you start executing that plan, the end of that season starts closing on you a whole hell of a lot quicker than you think it's going to close on you. And we we saw some teams in, the, in that boat last night. You know Fort Jennings, who's had a really rough year, but still trying to get themselves in. In a tournament sport, it's how you plan at the end. And Fort Jennings has got some really, some good wins late in the year. We gave a really good performance last night. And then a, a lipstick team that's having a really good year that last night probably came away from it feeling like, man, we got to win, but certainly wasn't the kind of performance you, you would like to have from your team as you're trying to prime toward the postseason. And and we've got a lot of teams in our area that have the potential to make deep playoff runs or or, or postseason runs in, in, the, in the tournament. Unfortunately, a lot of them are going to be head-to-head with one another. So it's going to be absolutely critically important that teams be playing at their best. Uh, when they get to that sectional final, the district semis, certainly the district finals around here are going to be unbelievably competitive games. And it's just not uncommon. It's actually, it's more uncommon to get to the regionals and feel like we don't have a favorite to get to Columbus. Yeah. Really, in both of the regionals that, that would, for Division Four certainly, and and Division Three as well. When when you get to the regionals, typically for Lima Land, we're we're at the regionals saying, if if one of our teams isn't in formerly Columbus now Dayton, it's an upset. It's a surprising outcome.
1: And more often than not, it's you're right that when you start to look at okay. You go to those the regional bowling green, it 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 generally feels like all right, whoever came out of Wapak or Elida has a hell of a shot. And it's probably the favorite. More often than not, that's the case. That whoever whoever's coming out of that district, or those two districts, I guess quote unquote our districts, right. They got a better shot than most. You look at D four in the Southwest, where whoever came out of Whoever whatever Shelby County League team found a way to <laughs> get out regional. of there. Probably has a pretty good shot at being in the regional, being in being at in state. The
0: state. Yeah. Well they say the same thing. You know, the, the ONU district, whoever's coming out of that ONU district typically is going to get the regional. And and if they're not the favorite, they're not far off from the favorite. And a chance to get down to the state final four. You know, Perry's Perry's coming into the, the season with really high expectations and a new head coach. Sometimes I think there's nothing maybe more nerve wracking then really sky-high expectations and a new head coach. We've had Upper of Valley's been in that circumstance all year. Perry's been in that circumstance yeah. all year. And when you factor in what Perry went through with the, the situation that, that led to an initial resignation and then a rescinded resignation and a coach coming back, the difficulty in, in going through that and actually finding your, your level, so to speak, water finding its level and feeling like you've locked yourself in, I think it would have been expected to see Perry have some hiccups late in the year. And they have. I mean, they've won five out of their last six or five out of their last seven, but they had a 13-point loss uh, to, a, at the time, what was a four-win or five-win bath team, which was nothing but a surprising loss. They, yeah. they, they lost just, just within the last week, well, actually just a hair over a week, uh, to a Miller City team that's gotten some pretty good wins here late in the year, but again, a surprising loss for Perry. They've had hiccups during the year. They're sitting at 17-4. and four. I think it's fair to say that all four of their losses would be considered sizable upsets. Yeah,
1: and when then, you look at LCC Bath Miller City who's the one I'm missing? Bath Miller City Perry.
0: You talking LCC. about who, who else they lost to? Yeah. Uh, they lost to Ottaville real early. Yeah, Ottaville G- first game week. Two. Yeah,
1: first week in the season. Weekend. Yeah. That that looking back, they are probably heavy favorites in all four of those games.
0: Yeah, and and again LCC and, and Perry square off with the, with the t- talent level that exists on both teams, and, and just because Frank is so well-established and does the job that he does in Coach Kill at LCC, I'm not surprised that LCC won that. I'm just saying on paper going into those games, Perry's the yeah. favorite. And then when you look at what Perry was able to do in the games that were circled on their calendar, I don't know how many games they looked at and said, we got to be good here, we got to be good here, we got to g- be good here, but I'm going to guarantee you that Shawnee, Walpak, LCC... Upper South Valley are on that list. We're gonna have to be good. And in three out of those four, they were pretty damn good. Yeah, I they mean, were really good against Shawnee, and they were really good against Upper South Valley. And we talk on the airwaves a lot about evaluating teams. It's you know, anybody can lose to anybody, it's high school sports, I get yeah. it, but how good is your good? Perry's ceiling is sky high. I mean, they handled Shawnee.
1: Perry's ceiling is state championship level.
0: Yes, it's Final Four for sure, state title game possibly, and when they shoot it in, they're that good. And, and they've, they've weathered a lot of storms, some off the court, obviously a few on the court that are probably somewhat related to what was going on off the court. The question, and it doesn't look like we're going to get a connect with Clay, and that's disappointing, because the question I would like to ask is, what is your approach on the practice floor this late in the year when you know you got to save legs but you've also got to ramp this thing back up a right. little bit because the the caliber of competition that you're going to play is going to be considerably better consistently here in the next well, week to two weeks. And
1: they, they had a game last Friday, and then they don't play again until this Saturday. Like, so they're, they're basically a week off and preparing the entire time for Allen East, which is probably good for them, but at a time where you might want to get two games in or... Play more than it seems one. like
0: everybody and their brothers playing three games this week. And Perry hadn't had a game in eight days, <laughs> Perry, nine days.
1: Perry's Perry's going to play one game between the last, the second to last Friday and the sectional tournament.
0: I unfortunately couldn't get with Clay. We were hoping we would get to do that, but we were unable to. We will come back after this Don Jenkins jeweler timeout. Reset our Twitter poll questions at the top of hour number two, and have our Blue Jackets blast and visit with Bob Miguel to get the radio voice of the Blue Jackets. Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. And hour number two, straight ahead here on Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. I am John Cook. My partner is Garrett Seawright. Again, together we are Cookie and the Monster. Top of hour number two, got to get a quick reset on our Twitter poll questions.
1: Yeah, we got two questions up at 931 The Fan on Twitter. The first is If Ohio State had a home college football playoff game, should it be moved to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? 85% say no. We're also asking, should the city of Cincinnati hold a parade for the Bengals? 82% say no. Just the way we like it.
0: Only way it can be, right? I think so. I think so, too. It's Wednesday. It's top of the hour. So we've reset the Twitter poll questions. That must mean it's time for the Blue Jackets Blast. A quick on the trigger. Let's go to the First Home Mortgage Hotline and bring in friend of the program, radio voice of the Blue Jackets, one Bob McGilligot, to join us to chat a little bit. Before we start any hockey conversation, Bob, I want to ask you, would you think it would be a good idea for Ohio State football if they were so lucky to earn a home playoff game in the college football playoff to go play it at Lucas Oil Stadium? No. Bad idea, right? What's that? Bad idea, right? I mean, Gene Smith kind of throwing that out there today. Why do you want to
2: play inside? Exactly. outside.
0: (laughs) Why, Not, you, why do you want to get you get a hundred
2: thousand seats and what do they seat over there? They 65, thousand seven. Sixty
1: five.
2: Eighty five. No, that's sixty five. Sixty five.
0: Forget about it. Yeah, they're gonna seat about sixty five over there. And it's it's gonna be a great oh. venue, but I, I just I can't understand why you would wanna give away the opportunity to have on your campus in front of all your fans hundred and whatever thousand strong. Because T
2: D tells you that's what they want to do. That's exactly why. <laughs> I
1: figured it was the ritzy folks with their monocles and top hats driving no, there.
0: it would have something to do with
2: television and giving you the monies you're going to lose in the seats that you don't sell.
0: What, what's your take on the possibility of the Bengals having a rally downtown? Stupidest the they... thing I've ever heard.
2: You lost. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. You lost. Uh,
0: you
2: lost. Suck it up and just deal with it.
0: It is a professional sport. Titles are why you have... Parades and celebrations. There really isn't any other reason to do so. I said, "Greet him no, at the you airport." No, don't celebrate
2: losing. Greet you him know at the airport. celebrates losing. Losers. <laughs> That's
1: true. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bengals might fit that bill. Oh, uh, too, too, too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Uh, Bob, did you,
3: care, Bob did you? you know, you don't celebrate losing. It's the stupidest thing ever.
2: You're in it to win. If you don't win, you lick your chops you go back and get ready for next year. Facts. Bob, did
1: you did you clear customs?
2: No, we literally just taxied to the gate. We just stopped. <laughs>
0: I was on plan the plane you know, going from Calgary. <laughs> can,
2: well, you can get the customs before you guys are on the phone with me for grandma?
0: <laughs> Perhaps we should speed things along. I mean, I could wind up in
2: jail before. You know, it's a good thing you got me before customs. I don't know. I don't think I have anything in my bag that's not supposed to be
0: there. Well, this show's only been on since August, but I'm quite certain we've never had anyone arrested live on the air. Hang with us,
2: right? If yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, if you could keep that
0: phone on, it was...
2: yeah, just remember, it'd be a federal offense too. So that'd be like the real deal.
1: So, if you're going to do it, you got to earn it. I mean, it's got to be something, right. some real good, right. something from Canada. So, uh, it wasn't yeah, a great night. the
2: well, the bottle of water, boys. It ain't happening, <laughs> so don't worry about
1: it. It, it. it didn't seem like it was a, a great night in, in Calgary last night.
2: Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, you lose, you give up six to them again, but they're a really good team. I mean, they're they've been building towards this, and you know, they just acquired Tyler Zafoli from the Montreal Canadiens to uh, bolster their scoring. He got his first last night as a Calgary Flame. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's really where the two organizations are. You have one that's uh, resetting itself and has young talent, has more young talent coming, and they're going to get better. And the other one is at a point where, you know, this is uh, they're going for it. They're going for it because so, they think they can go pretty deep in the playoffs this year.
0: It's been uh, quite a little while since we've had you on the show and gotten to talk about it as as rough as last night was, to talk about a really good stretch of hockey, and you said the last time you were on here that if they didn't get on a nice little run here, you would be very disappointed, but they put together some really good hockey over the last, I don't know, week, just a little over a week. They've played really well until last night.
2: Yeah, they had a three-game winning streak. They beat Washington. They did it in the final minute in Washington's building. That was huge. They were down by two in the third period to Buffalo, came back, tied it, and wanted it in overtime. and. 14 seconds in, and then they uh, had a 1-1 game until there were eight seconds left in the third period in Montreal, and they won that one. So, I mean, they, uh, you know, they they did play really well. I, yesterday they hit a juggernaut team. It's as simple as that. And um, so, hey, it's a five-game road trip. They've won three out of the first four, and you got Chicago tomorrow night before you head home.
0: So break down the, the, the Chicago matchup. Based on how the, the Jackets have played over the last four or five games, going into this one, what, what's your feel?
2: It's a winnable game. Uh, They played each other one time already this year. That was in Columbus. Chicago won that one. But, you know, uh, Chicago has had a a bad year. The coach got fired earlier in the year. They got a new GM. They got a new coach. Um, You know, they still have talented players. But, you know, this is a winnable game for sure.
1: Garrett? Bob, when you look at the the way the Blue Jackets came into the season, they felt like, okay, we know that Elvis Merce-Likens is definitely our our number one, and there might be a solid trade market for Jonas. Corpus- I don't think Salad.
2: they knew that. I, I I don't think that's fair. It was a battle between the two, still, but uh, Corpusala was hurt in camp, and that's what Elvis took advantage of that. But going into the camp uh, without that injury, there was it was still a competition.
1: Well, they they, they signed Elvis to a, a pretty hefty deal that would be. Pretty and
2: close to a... They did, but they said that the money wasn't going to matter, and I truly believe that. It was who, who was going to play the best. But, I mean, you, know, you want to look at look at it on simply money, then, yeah, you can look at it that way.
1: So, so at minimum, they thought, we have one goalie that's going to be, our, we're going to figure out who our guy is, and we're, we're going to be able to trade somebody else off and, and have some nice pieces. Are, are they still in that, that situation where they, they feel like one of those guys could be a possible trade deadline deal?
2: No, Cortezola is an unrestricted free agent, and I could see no reason why he would want to come back and play for this organization. He's not even playing; his numbers are down. Um, you're not going to get, in my opinion, not you're not going to get the return that mm-hmm. you could have gotten for him during the off season. I'm sure they would like to trade him. There's a lot of other goalies out there on the market too that have uh, more playoff experience and have better numbers right now. So I'm sure that he's here because they just haven't gotten a deal that um, that they like yet.
0: So I got a non hockey question because you were on the road through valentine's day are you in a situation where you've kind of got to make up for not being home on valentine's day do you have to deliver something no, extra it's just,
2: you get to a certain point in life you just you know <laughs> make the call make the call and uh i mean i' still try to make up for it i guess but it's uh you know just one of those things that goes along with the job right
0: yeah, absolutely what what's a uh What's a home-run Valentine's Day date for you?
2: I haven't been on one of those for so long. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I Garrett and I had the conversation about Valentine's Day a couple days ahead of time, and I told him that on Valentine's Day, stood up and just said, we did absolutely nothing in my house. We I did not get a card. I didn't give a card. We didn't have a dinner. We, right. And we, it's created we... by
2: the card companies. The only reason it oh. even exists is because of the card companies. You're crying out loud
0: and as if they didn't get enough out of us in february they had to create that thing in october that they call sweetest day and there are people who literally i've been around people who make you feel like you've somehow committed a major sin if you don't participate in I've that i've never com- heard of that in my life completely greeting card no. holiday
2: you're living a dream then bob
0: <laughs> yes you are
2: no that's that's just newfangled social media crap that every day is some kind of a day forget about it that's
1: <laughs> you mean to tell me you don't celebrate national corn chip day bob
2: if I had a dollar for every one of those days I didn't know just I'd have a lot of dollars.
0: <laughs> Awful lot of and you, dollars, and you wouldn't spend them on a Valentine's card. We know that. Not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. I know that the road trip continues. We look forward to getting you back home, but hopefully the 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 good hockey will continue. We get a chance to catch up with you next week and see if we can uh, see if we can keep this street street going a little bit here.
2: Yeah, next week from home, that'll be a little bit different. I haven't been home, and I mean, this trip's eleven days. I. I went down to Florida before that, so I haven't been home in a long time. I look forward to
0: it. Yeah, you'll get get home just in time for the weather that was in the 50s to turn back into the teens or 20s. It'll be it'll be <laughs> spectacular.
2: We just came from snow in Calgary, so that's good. I'm, I'm already prepared. <laughs> so
0: you, you've gotten yourself conditioned. Hey, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks. Voice of the Blue Jackets, Bob McGilliot, joining us on the first Home Mortgage Hotline for our Blue Jackets Blast. We appreciate Bob. we got to take another Don Jiggis time timeout so we can come back and get into a little football at 515. Zach Taylor said something.
1: Yeah, he did. It's <laughs> not <laughs> as dumb as Gene Smith, but it's <laughs> but it's on, on it's, it's getting it's approach the approach shot is pretty close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stick around for that. After this, Don Jacks jeweller are talking about John Cook and Garrett Sea right with you on Lima Sports Radio 931 the Fan. Mr. Sea sir, let's do a little football at five fifteen.
1: And service master at of service welcomes you to Football Five Fifteen. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship. Create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win. It makes a difference. And that's why it's ServiceMaster, they don't cut corners, they clean them. Zach Taylor, given his postseason media availability earlier today, and uh, they ran the gamut of questions um, pertaining to the Super Bowl and all of those things, who's coming back, who's not. Zach Taylor got a contract extension today through the 2026 season. But one of the big things that was on the minds of people asking the questions was they asked Zach Taylor... How do you feel about, or how do you improve the offensive line? And Zach Taylor's response was, our offensive line was good enough to get us to the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> That's a snotty comment that doesn't show any depth of reflection at all, nor reflect the reality that the, getting to the Super Bowl is fantastic, it's a great accomplishment, sets a season apart from any other season you've ever had, but your offensive line has a job to do. That even on the way to the Super Bowl, they didn't do very well at all.
1: Well, that was the... Are you trying to support your guys? Or do you honestly, genuinely believe that? Are you trying to have your players' backs in that moment? Or do you feel like, you know what, I don't think we've got a whole lot of holes to fix. Because one of them is somewhat admirable, even though you might come across as out of touch. The other one is borderline insanity. And I don't, I don't know if if the organization stance is, well, oh, we got to the Super Bowl with that offensive line. There is no hope for Bengals fans. <laughs> Just in, no matter how you slice it, there is no hope. You should find another team to root well, for. Well,
0: it's a, it's a great comeback, and it, and it's kind of like the, it's like the. Jordan had six titles response to when you talk about somebody else being the greatest player of all time. You can't debate that. that that's, that's the goal to get to the Super Bowl. Right, that's factually but, correct. But, you did play in the Super Bowl with that offensive line. But why would you give anyone the opportunity to come back to you with, so what you're saying, sir, is that nine sacks, seven sacks?
1: In the sport's biggest game where literally was determined... By your offensive line's inability to block a soul.
0: Like, because your line was good enough, in your air quotes, good enough to get you to the Super Bowl, you want to run it back and try this again? Because you already have a guy with a surgically repaired knee. Where, in that They don't, press don't do bionic legs anymore.
1: In the press conference, Zach Taylor revealed that he played with a sprained MCL and just never brought it up. Okay. It's getting worse. And do you think that playing with uh, that offensive line again is a good idea? I don't know, bro.
0: Is, that, is there any possibility that that response as terse and somewhat dismissive and maybe even passive-aggressive as it was, is that because of the lingering after-effects of taking a loss That's you're still not over?
1: I mean, I'm trying I to cut the guy some slack. All right, I'm t- trying to, get, try to give you the benefit of the doubt. Because I think you might deserve it, but in that instance of, I mean, what do you mean we played in the Super Bowl with that offensive line? Really, you don't. You don't have any idea what somebody might be getting at by asking you what improvements might need to be made on the offensive line.
0: Well, or or at a minimum, if you want to give the the response of it was good enough to get us to the Super Bowl, at least show some acknowledgement of the concern that people have as a legitimate concern by following that up with some sort of statement of. We clearly need to get better right. in some areas. That's one of them, and we are focused on doing that. But having said that, our line did enough to get us to the Super Bowl. I could stomach that because I think what you did to be dismissive of a legitimate question and a legitimate concern about your football team is really insulting to the people that, that are, are there to hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. I think it's 100% fair to say, uh, e- even if he said, you know what? That offensive line was good enough to get us to the Super Bowl, but it wasn't good enough to win it. And there's one or two guys, or maybe we need to bring in more depth, even if you're trying to have your guys' backs in that sense of you can never have enough good offensive linemen, and by God, we're, we're going to go out there and make sure that that's not a problem in 2020 2022. Done. Next question. But to just be dismissive of a question after two days after a game where your complete inability block somebody in the fourth quarter when the the game came down to two plays and neither one of them went well specifically because of your offensive line's inability to shove guys out of the way. For your initial response to be, they were good enough to get us a Super Bowl. Right, and you're talking to us today while the Rams are loading up on buses to get absolutely bleep-faced because they won and you didn't. And if your response is, well, it was almost good enough. That's not a good enough response.
0: There will be very, very few times when you will hear me defend media people over coaches in those circumstances because oftentimes I think media people ask the, and again, in air quotes, the question that they have to ask. When they know the guy can't really give the answer. The guy can't. You're going to pin him down and try to make him do something that you just know he can't. So cut him some slack when he doesn't give you what you're looking for. But this isn't one of those times. Yeah, I, 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 Zach Taylor wasn't gotcha He wasn't no. cornered. He wasn't pinned down. This was a question that he knew if he stood up in front of reporters he was going to get asked. It's a fair question. It's a legitimate question. It's probably the only question that needs to be asked after the way the postseason unfolded for the Bengals because everything else really was very, very good for them. There was one glaring weakness, one problem, and it really seems to me that it is more than reasonable to expect the head coach to be able to provide some response about the overall situation with the offensive line and the plan going forward. Even if you don't feel like doing it, you've been head coaching long enough, Zach Taylor, to play the game and really say a whole lot of words without saying much of anything. Instead, you chose to say very few words and prove to people that you're kind of pissy, and this is your way of of kind of lording that over the media, and that's not really the place a guy in Cincinnati wants to be coming off a Super Bowl appearance.
1: Well, I just think, like, are you trying to to play coy when it comes to the NFL draft? Because there are 31 other teams that watched the game on Sunday and went... Oh, God, they need to get some offensive linemen. You're not sneaking up on anybody. You're not going to play the role of the shark laying in the water waiting for somebody to fall to you and then gobble them up. Everybody in the league knows that you need offensive linemen. So you trying to be coy two days after the Super Bowl when everybody watched your biggest weakness cost you a title... You are not smarter than everybody else.
0: No, And and the secondary issue here is, and maybe it's inconsequential or insignificant to most people, but it wouldn't be to me, is when is the last time that the Bengals as a franchise were seen as media darlings and something worth rooting for? They've been the punchline of jokes for a very long time. Very long time. And they got to experience a run where they were anything but the punchline of jokes. People were pulling for the Bengals. They were a yeah. wonderful story. And your first real media availability two days after the game I'm not saying you want to extend that period. I'm saying you want to honor that a little bit. You want, to, you want to respond in such a way that reflects that, yes, you guys have been very supportive of us, and we have had a tremendous run. And it, it became – that tone, it, it just became sort of confrontational and, like I said, curt and dismissive of really something that just seems very legitimate to me. I don't know. I'm not upset with Zach Taylor. I'm just a little – bothered by the, well, the fact that just, you would take that approach because it seems to me to be completely counterproductive to what everything that has to, to where everything has gotten for the Bengals at this point I think you've undone some things that you didn't necessarily need to when you knew that question was coming anyway
1: it just feels like one of the easiest questions to answer for you yeah we got we absolutely have to be better at that position in 2022 done yep. like that's the answer we absolutely have to be better we can't give up you know how many teams win Super Bowls when they give it up seven sacks <laughs> not many and we now saw that on Sunday we got to be better. You're done. Question over. That's it. If you get pressed more of, well, who are you going to look at? Well, you know, that process is going to play out. But to just say, wow, we were good enough to play at the Super Bowl. Right. You were. And you didn't win. And it was, if that's not the goal, then that's a problem.
0: Maybe Zach's the one pushing for the parade. <laughs>
1: Damn it, I deserve a parade. Did you see the level of crap I took to the Super Bowl? Eli Apple? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: Stay tuned, because it's not the last time Zach Taylor's going to be asked about his offensive line as we approach the draft, no. and he'll have to give some different answers, although he will say less and less while he uses more words going forward. That, I can promise you. we got to take another Don jenkins jeweler timeout when we come back. I am looking forward to our visit with Marion Local High School head basketball coach Kurt Gutemiller. Flyers coming off of a nice win at Walpock last night, 17-4, and with a game remaining in the regular season, and... I'm sure you're aware of this, but they have squeezed 21 games into a very small window of time compared to some of the other teams in our area. We'll chat with Kurt about his team, where they are, and looking ahead to the tournament after this Don Jenkins Dueler timeout. Cookie and the Monster, 93-1 The Fan. We're coming to the line calling an audible here on Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93-1 The Fan. We were able to work things out, so we're going to jump over to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline and have our previously scheduled chat with Perry High School head boys basketball coach Clay Tucker. Clay, it's been a long time, man. Welcome to the program. I'm not exactly sure where to start this because there's a zillion different things I want to ask you, but you've wrapped up, the, the essentially wrapped up the first regular season. Overall, obviously, there were some bumps in the road. There were things that made it challenging and difficult. Was it a marathon or more of a sprint for you this year?
4: Always oh, a marathon. You, you start everything off as a, as, a, as a marathon.
0: Going in for
4: the long haul, uh, You know, like you said, we had some bumps in the road. But uh, it, 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 reveals, it reveals character. You know, when teams face adversity, you know it, it, it builds character. You know, my uh, our guys have responded well to everything that has transpired this year, and uh, they were still able to be focused mentally and still go chase after their uh, their fourth straight uh, Northwest uh, NWCP championship. Well, they,
0: they they certainly have have played well in some very big moments. I mean, we talked. Uh, in a previous segment, that there are losses on the slate that I, I guess, if we're honest, I mean, if you're honest, you would say that they were upsets, games that you maybe didn't expect to lose, but you've got to bounce back from those things. And more importantly, when you're trying to to build towards something at the end of the year, you want to know, you know, how good is your good, how high is your ceiling? And you guys had some performances, and I'm thinking of Shawnee for sure, Walpole, Upper Side of Valley nights when the game was circled on your calendar as well as theirs. That your guys really brought it.
4: Yeah, I, 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 I don't agree bring it. Um, we, we're doing every game you know, with, with, with the mentality of, of, of coming out with a victory, regardless of who their opponent is. And uh, the, the, the four games that we did drop this year, we, we all felt that they were all upset. Um, the, those, those games that we lost, guys, uh, those teams that had outworked us. They beat us on the offensive glass. Uh, we gave up double-digit rebounds on the offensive glass. And those are some of the things that uh, we, we have to fix uh, uh, moving forward going into the tournament. So over so over this week, this this week right here that we had in between uh, our last game and our next game, we really broke it back down to the basics and and, and getting after each other every day in practice going into the tournament.
0: You are one of the few teams, maybe the only team in our area, that's going to have that nearly week-long break between regular season games to wrap up the regular season. Most teams are, are squeezing in two, in some cases, three games this week alone heading into the tournament. Do you feel like that might give you guys a little extra advantage, having fresher legs as you get headed toward the sectional?
4: Oh, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. And, then, and, and, and I'm a firm believer in, in the team that's the healthiest towards the end of the year going to the tournament or, or more likely the teams that – that, that, that get be in the tournament and make it be run. And uh, you know, we had uh, we had one of our best players in Bubby Knight out over the last uh four to five games. You know, he came back uh Friday at Reddale and it looked like he didn't miss a feet and uh, you know this week that we have in between games, you know, we'll get guys rest <clears throat> throughout the weekend as, as well as as well as practice. And uh and I think I think going into the the, the final legend season games with Valarese as well as going into our first uh about I, I, I like our chances in both games because our guys will have fresh legs, they'll have more rest, and, and, and we will have been able to fix some things you know, that, that's been our key field throughout the season. We will we'll have to fix those going into these next months. games.
0: Well, you've got a couple of days of practice left before you guys host Alan East to wrap up the regular season. Alan East got a big triple overtime win last night at Upper Sauta Valley. What's your take on the Mustangs?
4: Mustangs are coming in here. I told my guys today, the Mustangs are coming in here to knock our heads off. They play hard. They're relentless. They go for the offensive glass. They're physical. They do all the things that that, that, that pose this challenges to, to, to our team. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and, and break the U.S.V. and our league game down together tomorrow um, as we do every other team. And, and they'll get a, a good glimpse of, of, of how physical that this Mustang team was going to be come Saturday.
0: Any concern whatsoever with your team playing an afternoon game after a season full of of basically night games? I know you played one other game a little earlier in the day. How do you feel about playing in the afternoon?
4: Uh, You know, once that ball goes up, whether it's morning, afternoon, or night, uh, I feel our guys will be ready for it. uh, To tomorrow, today and tomorrow, and uh, Friday, being that we don't have school. We don't have practice around that time that the game is scheduled to be played so without those guys, you know, their body prepared for, for an afternoon game.
0: And you're looking ahead at the tournament. I know you don't want to want to get the cart ahead of the horse here. You've got to play your remaining regular season games, but you, you happen to be in a, in a district, in that Walpock district, that it feels like any one of five or six teams could come out of there. When you look at that district and break it down, who are the teams that you feel like you maybe have to be the most conscious of as as real obstacles to advancing where you want to go?
4: Yeah, as you know, our, our district has been a, 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 a great one over the last decade or so, and whoever really comes out of that district has normally went down to Columbus or, or, or even Dayton for last year if you look at it. So we we have some some teams in that district that, that poses challenges to us. And uh you know, and that started we started with our, our second game, the winner of uh Fort Recovery and uh I think it's Parkway. You know, those guys played a game at the uh, beginning of the year and it was a one point game in overtime that uh Fort Recovery poured out. You know, that game could go either way. Uh, we you know we have Spencerville uh, right there with us. We have uh uh we who we possibly could see again right there with us. And also, you know, you got to be Greenman and Grizman um, as well. So there's there's five teams that could possibly any one of them can come out of that district.
0: Well, you've got your work cut out for you. You've Got to wrap up your first regular season. It's going to have been a successful regular season. You're going to minimum of 17 wins, uh, possibly 18 wins in the regular season heading to the tournament. We want to wish you the best of luck on Saturday against Allen East. And if we don't get to talk to you before, best of luck. Certainly heading into sectional play in the tournament, bud.
4: Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for your time. Clay Tucker joining us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. Talk a little Perry High School hoops. We had scheduled to talk with Kurt Guttermiller. Can we go ahead? We're going to be able to squeeze that in?
1: Yeah, give me one. Yeah, okay. we'll, 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 we'll get Kurt. We'll make
0: that work. Okay, so we, Mary Local, big win last night. A, a, a One of those games that Coase loved when he was always complaining about the fact that nobody scored in high school hoops anymore. <laughs> well, well, there's and, that. Yeah, Vince was always screaming for the shot clock because we're in the 30s. Uh, 36-30 win last night. For Marion Local over Walpock, and they are putting things together. Garrett, let me do, before we get to the interview, they've played 21 games. Their first game was played December 17th. Ooh. By my math, they have played 21 games in a total of 62 days.
1: Lovely. <laughs>
0: and, and it's part of that's the cost of doing business over there at Marion Local. So we're glad to go to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline and bring in Marion Local Flyer head basketball coach Kurt Guttermiller. Uh, to join us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. You got a big 36-30 win over Walpock squad last night. You've won five straight, I think. Do you feel like you guys are starting to play your best basketball right now?
3: Uh, yeah, we certainly hope uh, that we're playing our best basketball. Uh, like you mentioned, we had a big win last night over uh, Walpock. Uh, I thought it was a, a gritty, gutty win. Uh, they had come in uh, winning uh, 10 in a row, and, and uh, you know, Prior to that, we, we've just had this stretch here where we've played uh, we played five games in seven days uh, last week, and then we had a Tuesday game last night, and so it's been a tough stretch in terms of trying to prepare for all these teams, but uh, our kids have handled it
1: well. Is that game last night against Wampok, is that uh, a, a tournament-style game where every every possession is really, really pivotal to the outcome of the game?
3: No question. Uh, they slowed it down a little bit. Uh, they ran some sp- sessions where you had to guard for over a minute we had to be uh, mentally tough to be able to do that and then we got some big stops and that's kind of what tournament basketball is and you know we, we were supposed to play Wall park earlier in the year and I kind of purposely scheduled that game uh, to right up against tournament because uh, we know if we can get out of our sectional which is difficult uh, that we'd be playing on that floor so uh, definitely good preparation for tournament
0: Kurt, you're a big guy in terms of preparation. You take it very seriously. When you look at a five-game stretch in seven days, and three of those games are MAC games, leagues, league games that you need to win. During that stretch, how did your guys handle all that prep? Uh,
3: it, it was really difficult. Uh, that first game was on Saturday night. We lost a really tough game at Spencerville uh, in overtime, and it probably cost us a top-two seed in the, in the sectional draw. Uh, and then we had to turn around and play an excellent new Bremen team the next day uh, on a Sunday night, which is kind of weird and in and of itself. And we it was that was a great game, which we won in overtime. And then we had to turn around two days later and play San Henry. And, you know, it's just like I said, one prep right after another. And it was very difficult. But uh, we managed and, uh, you know, we're in a pretty good spot here.
1: Everybody feels like, you know, they, they they still got that room for improvement. I'm sure you do. Where is that that area for the Flyers that you feel like maybe we're just not quite good enough here?
3: Well, you know, I think, you know, we get into the tournament game. I think some of these teams are going to really try to space us out. You know, we have decent size, and they're going to make us, you know, they may go uh, some situations where they try to draw our big man away from the basket. So, you know, we're going to have to do a good job of, uh, you know, of uh, handling those type of situations, uh, and then on offense, we just got to become more efficient. Uh, a lot of times, only throw the ball in the post. Uh, you know, Jack he sees different types of defenses in the post. He gets doubled a lot, uh, and and so we're going to have to be able to handle situations on that side of the ball as well. And I think we still have some room to grow, though. So it's that's exciting.
0: Kurt, you mentioned Jack Kanapke there. You guys have not only him, but you've got size throughout your lineup. About as much size as anybody in Division Four, and that's an accurate statement, right?
3: Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, you know, Jack being six eight, you know, you know he's only a sophomore, and the the big key for one of the keys for us this season is he's just gotten better and better over the course of the year, uh, and he had to grow and get better for us to you know to be where we're at. Uh, but, obviously, it's not just him. Uh, you know, we've had some kids kind of come out of the woodwork this year that nobody knew about. We only returned two starters. But uh, Tate Hess and uh, Jaden Mesher have had really good junior seasons for us as well. And, of course, uh, Brady, uh, Ronnebaum, and Peyton Nadi were, were our two returning starters, and they've been excellent, as have all of our seniors. So, it's just been a total team effort. And, uh, you know, we're, we're thrilled to be where we're at right now, but we know the most important games are still to come.
1: Marion local head coach, Kirk are joining us on the Amero First Home Mortgage Hotline. You've got New Knoxville on Friday. And before we chat about the Rangers uh, on Friday, you're going to look down your sideline and see Carson Monger leading the Rangers. Um, does that make you feel old that a kid you, you, you prepared for really not that long ago is down there coaching New Knoxville?
3: Yeah, that's certainly something. And I, I I know Carson a little bit. He's a great guy. Uh, I remember playing him in the district semis in 2015. Yeah. And we had a ton of size that year. Uh, and he threw down a hellacious dunk on oh, us dude. in that district tournament game. Uh, it was a close game we won over New Bremen, but, uh, yeah, I certainly remember him as a, an excellent basketball player, and now he's going to be on the sidelines, and he's, uh, he's doing a good job with his group. Uh, I think they play really hard. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not going to take anybody lightly, that's for sure.
0: Tell us a little bit about the Rangers. I mean, it's easy to look and see a one twenty record and chalk that up as maybe you don't even have to really show up. But what stands out to you about this team?
3: Well, and, and they've they've played a lot of close games here lately. You know, last night against St. Henry was uh, eighteen seventeen at half. Uh, Bakken's the prior Saturday, which is an excellent Division Four team. They they played well against them. Uh, they've played some close league games, and they got two really good players uh, in Carson Bierlin, um, and uh, and. Uh, I'm, I'm losing his name, Max Henschen. Those, those two kids are are very very good, and then they got some other kids around that can score a little bit, and they play that zone defense very well. So uh, it's it's we we expect to have a, a big challenge in our hands by night.
1: Well, Kurt, we appreciate you giving us some of your time. I'm sure we'll be chatting with you here down the road, but uh, appreciate uh, you hopping on with us this afternoon. And uh, best of luck this weekend. We always enjoy chatting with you. All right, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks indeed so much to Kirk Guttermiller and Clay Tucker for joining us on the American First Home Mortgage Hotline. The regular season is in the books. I can't, I can't, I'm having a hard time hiding it. I cannot yeah. wait for the postseason to start. And when you have teams like we do that have made the trip, that have brought home the trophy, even if they haven't had that, that that year that you maybe thought that they would need to get there. I, I look at a Marion local team with the record that they've gotten that they've played 62 games in 21 days. There will be nothing <laughs> about the tournament that will be taxing to them in terms of the preparation time, the pace. Uh, what it does to them physically, it's going to be a, a lot of mental stuff. They are they are going to be in a mode where I, I just think they're an unbelievably dangerous team yeah. in the postseason, which we've come to expect, but it doesn't make it less exciting just because we've kind of gotten a little bit used to it.
1: They got guards, they got size, they they play a tournament style all year long. They got and they got, it, and they got a coach that's been there and done that. Yeah. Yeah, they do.
0: Which, again, we can say that about a lot of our teams, but we're talking about Marion local right at the moment, and they are going to be it, – it's just – we've said it, that, that Walpock district is such a meat yeah. grinder. Yeah, it is. And, and any one of five or six teams could come out of there. They will have earned it, but that's the thing that I guess stands out to me. When they when we get through the Walpock district, whomever that is that's left standing is going to be battle-tested, have earned it, and feel like there's nobody that they have to fear right. coming down the stretch to tr- to try and get to – Dayton and I almost say Columbus every single time. we got to take another Don Jenkins jeweler timeout. When we come back it'll be time to get our poll results and a little water cooler conversation. Water he said about water cooler mm-hmm. conversation. Just dropping a little hint there. John Cook and Garrett C. right with the Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio ninety three one The Fan. Final segment here on Sports Radio 93 on the Fan. cooking the monster with you. Let's get poll results, sir.
1: Had two questions up at 93 on the Fan on Twitter. We asked if Ohio State had a home college football playoff game, should it be moved to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? 85% say no. And we also asked, should the city of Cincinnati hold a parade for the Bengals? 75% say no, they should
0: not. I am disappointed in the 25% who chose to vote any other way. I don't. Extremely disappointed. What do you got for water cooler today? I
1: got just one thing. (laughs) Today was the Rams Super Bowl parade.
0: The parade you're supposed to have.
1: Yes. (laughs) The parade that is encouraged. Also, by the way, did you see LeBron try to piggyback off this? No, missed That that. That the Lakers and Dodgers didn't get parades because of the. Because Uh, of of the COVID. So they were like, well, we should get a parade with the Rams. Let's all do it together.
0: Oh, I'm sure that ran over well. (laughs) It
1: was was well received, let me tell you. Uh, But the Rams parade was today. And the first video that kind of surfaced was of Matt Stafford on top of one of those double-decker buses, smoking a cigar, holding a Bud Light, looking like he was enjoying himself. And Tom Brady retweeted it and said, mix in a water, Matt. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Because drunk Tom Brady last year was... That, he's my. That's my favorite Tom Brady now. That I, dude was having a time during the Bucks parade last year. As, was...
0: as buttoned up and avocado ice cream eaten oh. as he is to take care of his body and make sure that he can perform at peak level. When he had finished performing at peak level and won a Super Bowl, to, to cut loose a little bit in a boat parade, first of all. <laughs> if you're going to have a boat parade, people should be hammered drunk. And Brady absolutely <laughs> wore it like a true champ. That he he wore it like a
1: champ. Mix it in a water, Matt. Trust me, is phenomenal. Also, before you get your water cooler, uh, there are girls sectional tournament uh, scores from the first quarter rolling in because they start at five thirty. Shawnee East girls basketball team leads Toledo or leads Woodmore twenty nine to two after one. So, got to imagine things are going to go well for the for the Indians there in Se- girls basketball
0: sectional play. It's kind of the way that works. I've been yeah. in one of those twenty nine to two type deals before. I don't know if you saw this, but the Dallas Cowboys paid two point fin. Fem- Four million dollars to settle a, an allegation of voyeurism from one of their was it a vice president or something? Yeah. But just retired within it's the last couple of weeks. Crazy how that works. And he's been accused of watching cheerleaders change their clothes. And you know what? I mean, who hasn't done that in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade <laughs> phys ed class? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can relate to the guy. I'm just trying to figure out how it is you didn't stumble upon some level of maturity that keeps you from doing that. He says he didn't do it. But people got paid $2.4 million for something. <laughs> Generally, that's how it works.
1: Is The Cowboys aren't bored and thought, ah, you know what, I'll give you $2.4 million to just go away. Because um, there's probably either it's not true and they were covering up something else, or it's true. <laughs> it was pretty much the two options.
0: I would think so. And the only thing that is more shocking to me than the fact that we're paying this money out while we hear this guy say he didn't do it is of all the things that happen in Dallas, with the football team and around the football team, we never wait more than 20 minutes to hear from Jarrah. That's true. I don't hear anything. It's it's crazy. Jarrah's yet to speak on the matter. And there's a picture. They got a, a, like a, or a montage of pictures rolling on ESPN.com under the article headline, and a couple of the th- pictures of Jarrah like just because of the context in which you're seeing them, it's like, it's, oh, uh, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> you know that was out of context.
0: <laughs> that is John a problem. Cookie,
1: those those pictures uh, were taken out of context.
0: It has been quite the Wednesday here. Huge sports night last night. Got got a big college game, uh, college basketball schedule tonight as well. We got Delta St. John's and Macomb girls basketball over on our sister station, Fun One Hundred and Seven, at six forty-five. A little ESPN radio for you here after us. We are back at 4 o'clock tomorrow for the next edition of Cooking the Monster. Thanks for joining us. Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.